Welcome to Around the Board, a show where four board game enthusiasts discuss board game topics and news. Today's show starts with a segment we like to call Hot or Not. This time about the game Earth. After that, we'll play a round of our favorite game, Play Shelf Trade. And from there, we move on to a topic, in-game triggers. Are you triggered? From there, well, we'll uh, round things out with uh, playing a game called uh, Playing a Game. Wrong. Does it count? Just like I did this intro wrong. Here are your hosts, Daniel Connors, John Theismann, Chris Thomason, and unapologetically, Andy Barnett. Now, join us around the board. Hey, guys. Welcome back. It's been a while. It has been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. What have you guys been up to? Just uh, chilling and playing games, man. It's been crazy. It's, uh, of course, Daniel, you got to tell us all about FBC GameCon. Yeah. What was that? Well, it is a, the biggest event in all of Gardner, Kansas. That's it's true. a two-day game convention that we wow. will. That's oh, I huge. Know. It's huge. It's humongous. We have like 150 people show up. That's fantastic. I know. But now, it was a great time, and a lot of you are probably uh, watching this for the first time because you went to that event and you found us and you subscribed. So thank you so very much for subscribing. I hope you enjoy this show. Uh, and uh, just, you know, even if you don't watch it, just stay subscribed. Come on, guys. Just don't yeah, why not? follow. What else you got to do? <laughs> There's no it's limit too much to, work to unsubscribe at this yeah. point. I mean, come hit on. Hit the notification. Just go to the video. Hit like and close. Don't watch exactly. it. Just, just hit the like right. and get out of there. No, actually, you should watch it, but run it in the background. That's uh, on, yeah. loop. Say, on, on loop. loop. Exactly. On a loop. Exactly. It is what I'm not trying to cheat this cheat the system or anything. So <laughs> never, never will we do that. But hey, I like to think that FBC Game Con is the kickoff of con season. <laughs> and right after that, we normally have Origins, Gen Con, and Meepleathon. Meepleathon is another local con that you yeah. guys want to find out about. But before all that happens, we have an announcement about Gen Con this year, right? We sure. sure do. The three of you who are going to Gen Con should talk about that. <laughs> We're going to Gen Con, guys. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. You can meet guys from around the board, at least three out of the four. That's uh, 75%. That's not bad. That's like a C uh, in uh, schooling. That's right. Because without me, there is no A. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We, we, right, you could just say. You to touch that one. You could just say we have a big A-hole. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's right. There is. Big old a-hole in all of us. Uh, so on that uh, note, yeah, we're going to be at Gen Con. We're excited uh, to be there. Come by and see us. Uh, right. We will be at our booth. Um, <laughs> no, we're not getting no. a booth. Are you kidding me? we got to turn this into a profitable show first before we can get a booth. Yeah. It'll be a traveling booth. Maybe I'll wear like an outfit that looks like a booth. Oh, I like that. I'll dress like uh, John Wilkes booth. I oh. like that. There we go. And I'll dress like, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that, that one takes the cake there. Well done, John. Well, Abraham Lincoln, of course, Chris. Yeah, I guess that, I guess that so makes you sense. Got you got the beard and everything. Just yeah. run away for at all times. <laughs> It'd be perfect. But be seriously, perfect. if you see us at Gen Con, we're yeah. going to try not to be hard to, hard to find. So uh, please say hi if you've seen us on the show. And um, hey, we're hoping to have a giveaway going on at that time. So I think we're going to find out how to get something from us. We're definitely going to have something and it will involve finding us at Gen Con will be a big uh, bonus to you in winning this uh, ultimate prize. Maybe. Okay. Maybe well, you didn't run that by us yet. So I'm assuming nope. that that's all that's really good. Maybe. So <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just, I'm, let's, you know what I like to do, Daniel, you know what I like to do, don't you? Yeah, I do. Just spur things on me. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm no, doing I, this. I just, I just, I like do to... it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do just, it live. Uh, That's right. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Speaking uh, of doing it live, however the... else are we to force our will upon others? Yes. Exactly. Right. The real reason people are here, though, you know what it is, right? Time to play the game! <laughs> That's right. It's time to play the game. Around the Board is all about debating different topics within tabletop gaming. Four unique segments, each hosted by one of us. A behind-the-scenes judge will award points at the end of the show. Whomever has the most points will sit on their soap throne, yammering on and on about nonsensical anecdotes and random thoughts. Now it's time to play the game. Fight! Where did Soap Throne come from again? It came from Randy, I believe. Okay. I think it was a mystique, and that's just taking a life of its own. Did you actually? What's that? I thought you misread something that he had written down. No, it really said Soap Throne. It really, yeah, really he wrote something on them? Yep. Well, he was, he was thinking soapbox oh, okay. and okay. Yeah. it became you know, soap Randy's got a lot going okay, on. That's guys. fair. That's fair. That's fair. You I know, like it. I mean, typos are going to happen. What type anyway, of soap first, is it? The first, our first segment is yes. hot or not. Let's get going with the game here, guys. Oh, um, should I play the intro again? Sure. No, <laughs> no, let's play the intro that. again. Dun, Tell dun, us about it, John. Time to play the game. All right. For those of you who don't know, hot or not is when we discuss. A game that's considered hot, one of the new hotness, you know, one of the Daniel games, the games that are out there that uh, Daniel can't wait to get his hands on. But with, this is a game that actually gets played, and we all play it, and we decide if it is worthy of being hot or is it not. And today, that game is Earth. Uh, if those of you don't know Earth, if you haven't heard of Earth, it's it's going to be hitting everywhere soon. I think I think they're having a really big push right now, and they'll see it, all the retails are getting a whole bunch of them in, and uh, it's it's gotten a lot of praise on uh, different. Uh, board gaming sites so uh it is the new hotness i mean it's unquestionably the new hotness right now so that's what we're going to talk about and right now here is a quick video tell you a little bit about how to play it all right this is a quick overview of how to play the game earth it's not going to be a deep dive into how to play it but it'll get you going all right to start out with you're creating your own island earth environment all right your own ecosystem and to do that you've got your own player board here what you're going to be doing is creating an island right here next to your board and a 4x4 grid of cards that you're going to line up. Once you place them, you can place them anywhere adjacent to the card that you've just placed, but then you can never move it for the rest of the game until you get your 4x4 grid done. There's also event cards, which are a one-time only use, and you just place those on your board, and some of those will be worth positive points, some of them will be worth negative points by the end of the game. And you'll also at some point be composting cards, which is getting rid of cards out of the game, and you just put them in your compost pile, and those will be worth a point at the end of the game. So there's a lot of different point salad ways that you can uh, play this game and win, and gives you a lot of choices that way. And the flow of the game is kind of like this. If it's your turn, you have the first player marker, and you choose one of these cool actions at the top of your board. You have four different actions that correspond with four different colors, and once you choose an action, you get the top action, which is the better part, Everyone else gets the bottom action, which is just a lesser form of the same action. And then after everybody's done doing their main action, they go through and any cards that they have that match, like if I had done a, an orange card, an orange color, I can activate all the orange powers on my cards. Anywhere in my island, anywhere on my board, they all activate. 
anytime that color comes up. Once it's the next player's turn, you hand this to them, they choose which one they want to do, and then you would put, just to remind you of which one they chose, if they chose this one, you'd put your little leaf on it, and then you know which action you have to do. And this keeps going around until somebody has created a 4x4 grid and succeeded in completing their island. When that happens, you just finish the round, and the game will end. Uh, the other ways you can get points, you've also got on, your, uh, on this main board here, you've got two more of these ecosystem cards, which were endgame scoring, and you've also got four uh, uh, fauna cards, is what they're called. And they have, a, it's a race to score any of these. These all qualify throughout the game. And once you are, once you've uh, cre met any of the goals of those cards, you would put your leaf next to the corresponding card, and you're going to get those points at the end of the game. The only other things you need to know is that there's the, basically the, the currency of the game is soil. All the cards just cost an amount of soil. So you can see there at the top. If you have that soil, you can play it. It's, it's really not that complicated. You've got to get the soil, play the cards. Then you can make your cards worth more by putting growth on them. Growth come in the form of these little, little trunks that can go on some cards, some cards they cannot. If they have this little circle on them, then you can put growth on them. You can also put sprouts on your different cards. You can see the sprouts along the bottom there. This one can hold six sprouts. That's like the max. Each one of those is worth a point at the end of the game. And But... Like I say, it's fairly simple gameplay just to throw it out there, and pretty much that is how you play Earth. As you see, Earth is a very uh, heavily card-driven game, and I'll go ahead and go give you my views on it right now, because we'd talked about in the past, we'd mentioned Terraforming Mars in a Play Shelf trade, we'd talked about Ark Nova in a previous Hot or Not, or maybe it's a great game debate, I can't remember which one, but... This is a lot in that same vein, if you ask me, because it's a bit heavy card driven. I mean, huge stacks of cards in this game. And you're going through them, trying to get a little bit of an engine going, trying to get, uh, you're not really terraforming, but you're making your own little island. And it's, it's all really cool to me how they uh, use everything in it is real. It's real islands, it's real plants, it's real you know, animals. And they try to make it very thematic. And to me, I thought it really was what they do, how the, how the cards interact with each other. The event cards, especially what they do for you is extremely thematic and they can be very tempting to use, even though they might cost you points, but you're like, ah, I got to play that right now. To me, Earth lives up to the hype. It is hot. I like Earth. I think it's it, of those three games that we mentioned. I think it does it the best because I think after Ark Nova, I said the best game of this type has yet to be made. And I think now that best game is Earth. And it might be because, and I didn't even think about this before. Some people have said, well, it's like Terraforming Mars meets Wingspan. And I said, you know what? You're kind of right. I didn't even think about it before that. Maybe that's why I like it so much because it's not as good as Wingspan. I love Wingspan. But interjecting a little Wingspan into that type of game, I think, really works. And I think the way you, yeah, you select actions, that's why it's like Wingspan, really. You're doing action selection. You're getting cards to, to the table, kind of like in Wingspan. So, but then again, it also is a lot like Terraforming Mars. And to me, like I say, it does it better than the others. I think it's it gives you a lot of fun. It's a puzzly game. It gives you a lot of fun, puzzly choices. But unlike games like Terraforming Mars, I don't think it's hard to go through the cards and get the cards that you need. If you want to, you can find the card that you need that's really going to work for you. But that's what I've got on Earth. We'll take it around the board. Old man Chris, what say you there, buddy? Right. Well, yeah, I, I would be surprised if no one's heard of Earth. If you are, you're one of our alien viewers, and thank you for <laughs> tuning in. But even then, I think you've heard of Earth if you were able to find us. Uh, so regardless. Um, also, oh, boy. Okay, so it is time for a very 
very special episode of Storytime with Chris, baby. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to pull back the veil here. I have been told, we, we for a long time, that this is an internal discussion amongst the four of us about the format of the show and how things should go. And we have decided, or, well, I have been voted out every single time that we should have a small two-minute segment, and uh, and that way we're not more than an hour, And but somehow, magically, in two minutes, you can get your point across. Well, that's not true. Uh, and uh, for those of you who don't know me, I am a bit of a storyteller. And, and to tell a good story, exactly, see, I knew it was happening, but that's fine, I, I'm going here. Uh, tell a good story, you have to have context. I could just tell you, someone's asked you, hey, what's your color on the show? I could say orange. I've answered the question. Does, does that, is that meaningful to you? Have you heard yes. any context that make it interesting? No, no, but, but, but I met it within the time frame. I gave you orange. But I could tell you. Well, I chose orange because uh, when I was in high school, it was one of my school colors, and I really liked that. And I could tell you about how I actually red is my color, but John told took took red before I had a chance to, so I decided to go with orange. And that's meaningful and interesting. But within two minutes, all I can tell you is orange. Now, 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 now. This is what I've been told: is that I will now from now on have two minutes to tell you orange and then uh, very soon once everyone said they're orange we'll open it up to where we have the four screens and we will be able to talk ad nauseum to to finish out the idea and there will be no time limits it will we'll just talk until it naturally ends this is what i've been told i just want to okay. let you all know that okay. um and to answer the question about earth uh it's wingspan 1.1 it's awful andy right. what you got um no but, but wait aren't we going into the four squares so we can test <laughs> no we're not we john oh now we are yes we um, are i just want to say orange glad he's done talking about his color hey <laughs> i like that one good job john well done it's apples and oranges to me <laughs> um, okay so i unlike chris understand the format and we'll continue <laughs> with it so i'll get right to it uh earth thoughts it's not a bad game let me get that out of the way first. However, that being said, the theme doesn't do a lot for me. I feel like we've done a lot of wildlife and nature-themed games here in the last few years, and they're starting to feel really worn out. Think Cascade, Cascadia, uh, Wingspan, Arc Nova, etc. And, and speaking of those last two, yeah, it felt like it had a bit of an Arc Nova and Wingspan flavor to it, as well as Terraforming Mars. And as far as mechanics are concerned, they, just, yeah, there's just too much similarity. It's... Uh, it's another game with its own unique set of semi-complex iconography that you need to really familiarize yourself with in order to build an engine and gain points in a variety of ways. And now I know you could say that about a lot of Euro hobby games, but this one just felt way too much like these other games that I mentioned. And I feel like it really didn't improve on things enough to warrant it. Unlike John, I don't think it's the best out of them. I'm still a Terraforming Mars fan. It's it's hot right now, Earth is, but it won't be forever. Uh, I think it's a flash in the pan, in my opinion. Uh, I'm not going to say it's a bad game. It's just not something I need on my shelf. I've got Terraforming Mars. I, I've got Wingspan. I, I'm good. And uh, just so the others don't say this, I have played the game twice now, and I have won both times by significant scores. So it has nothing to do with me performing poorly in the game. I just don't think it's anything that sexy, man. It's it's fine, but doesn't really do it for me. So those are my thoughts on Earth. Daniel, how about you? Well, I'm glad you brought up the iconography again, because I think everybody needs to remember that he struggled with the iconography of Ark Nova. <laughs> it is pictures of continents and animals. So I didn't struggle with it. It's just new. It's just 
whatever, man. Yeah, I know. New things <laughs> to learn. <laughs> What's those There's only so much room up here. In the antlers? <laughs> <laughs> There's not uh, enough room. <laughs> all right. Well, Earth, uh, I, I will give you um, my opinion right off the bat. I think it's fine. It is... Uh, I was expecting a lot. So when Ark Nova came out and it was super hyped, I was like, all right, let's try this out. And I fell in love with the game. I thought it lived up to the hype. I thought it was really exciting. So when Earth got the same kind of hype and the same kind of attention, I was really excited. I was like, this could be it. This is terraforming Mars. But in 90 minutes, this is Ark Nova. But in 60 minutes, this could be great. And in the end, man, it just was like just another okay game for me. I really enjoy the engine building part of it, building up your tableau. But it's so lucky on which cards you're going to get. And people can say that about Arc Nova and Terraforming Mars as well. But it's just it like, I don't know. When one of your actions is just draw four cards, and then you could take another action that says draw four cards. Like you got eight cards and two turns, and then other people are taking actions that also give you cards. And you're like, I got 12 cards. And oh, I there there it is. There's the two cards I was looking for, these two iconographies. But it didn't feel like I did anything. I just kept drawing cards until I got the one that I needed. And, and that's not enjoyable for me. Um, and also, this game is very much like a Stefan Fell type of game where everything you do gives you points. This is a point salad galore. But unlike Stefan Feld, I didn't do anything interesting to get those points. Like, seriously, one of the actions is go to this location, get five poops, fertilizers, soils, whatever they're called. Uh, and then get two and get two victory points. I got two victory points just for going to that spot. No, like the game's not truly challenging. You're just drawing into cards. You're building up an engine, which is fun. But in the end, I was just a big old meh to me. So, John, the, the fact that you think that this game is like the hottest thing since Wingspan, uh, that's power to you, dude. But I, I do not see it. I do not see why this one stands out above all the other ones that have come out in that ilk that feels so much better. Let me, let me tell you one reason why. And it's like what you said, the access to the cards. That's what's when I'm playing terraforming Mars, I'll see a card. I'm like, boy, that'd be really good. But, but if I, in order to maximize this card, I have to get a, B and C kind of cards. And I have to be able to play it before the temperature is whatever. And after it's whatever, and it's like, well, screw that. I'm not going to do that. What are the odds? Whereas in this game, like you're saying, you have the agency to get all these cards, but then if you're looking at all those cards that you get when you're going through them, like, well, do I really want the card I was looking for? Because this one can get me 20 points if I do it right. Or if I do that. So it's like a puzzly thing where you're you're constantly maybe changing what you want to do. And then then it'll make, sometimes I just have to have the, the discipline to say, no, I'm getting the card I was looking for because these other ones are just too tempting. To me, that's what it is. It's like it's there's a whole lot of things that are pulling at John, you. Like, John, you, you haven't played Terraforming Mars enough. You haven't played Terraforming Mars enough because oh, Terraforming Mars has that same mechanic. No, it, it does. You can you can no. change you can change uh, your, your. You have to because you strategy. can't find the cards you want. You have to change. That's what right, happens. Right, but I, you have I, no choice. This you have choice. You have no, like you have plenty of choices in Terraforming Mars. You just haven't played it enough, and you don't you don't know what I you're have. talking about. And Believe that's fine. me, I played it enough. It's all right. There's there's room for all kinds of people. It's a special show. So, Daniel, I got to tell you that uh, uh, I agree with you uh, almost completely, but I, I, I'm really offended that you would besmirch the name of Stefan Feld here oh. for two reasons. Two reasons. One, his mechanics are much more clever and more interesting to get points. And two, this game Ooh, looks wouldn't way, have a hot game. This game looks way too nice to be a Stefan Feld game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
yeah so like yeah in truth like my my problem with it like i was i was being obviously a little flippant because of the lead-in to my point but but uh (laughs) it really does it feels like wingspan 1.1 like it's 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 it feels hardly any different to me at all than than wingspan like you got the poops they're just the eggs and and like and like Daniel said, everything's just points. Like it, it's not even a point salad. Like I was sitting here trying to think of a good thing because a point salad, like you still gotta like make the salad and do some work. I mean, this is like a a, a point river. You just like <laughs> you just jump in and water's gonna cover you. No matter what you do, you're gonna get a bazillion points. And it, it's just like I think the defining difference truly for me with with terraforming mars and wingspan in this game is the draft like the fact that you're drafting those cards makes a huge difference which is the same reason that i hated arc nova is like the thing that made terraform mods amazing amazing for me was that draft and 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 the interesting choices i have to make in that draft and i hated the little track that you have to just hope magically the one at the end works out for you or you gotta pay a billion dollars i know daniel's told me you can manipulate it but again whatever what but the but difference again, between the- I, I hate it. Like again, all four games feel the same. And it for me, the first one still stands alone. All the rest of them are just trying to be it in different ways, or mostly they're trying to be it, but make the game so much more easy. Like, like the like the, these the wingspan and earth are like the are like the epitome of everything I'm not in gaming. I want my choices to be hard. I want to work hard. I want to think. I don't want to just be given a million points. Like again, like I feel like it's the definition of a family game. You can play with someone that doesn't have a brain or someone that does, and it's going to end up the same because you just get points for doing anything, and it drives me crazy. And That's you'll right. note, by the way, that with Wingspan, at least you the eggs look like something you would like to eat. <laughs> you don't they always the remind me of a candy or something. Speak for yourself. Well, I look like one of those sugary candies that I w- I just want to you know what what dinner mints. They look like dinner mints. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm glad. Uh, no, never mind. I, I was going to say something. I lost it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, nope. tell us what you think about okay. uh, Earth. Okay. Uh, Andy's going to close it out. <laughs> John, the Andy segment. There we go. Is. You can <laughs> you can close out my segment next. Okay. How's that sound? Uh, let us know what you think of Earth. Is it all the hotness, or did it yes. leave you wanting? Let us know in the comments below. Don't forget to hit those like and subscribe buttons. Um, one more final thought. Uh, Earth. <laughs> I know. I just had to slide this in. Uh, Terraforming Mars works because the theme is fun too. It's it's interesting. Earth. If I want Earth, I'll go watch Nat Geo or I don't know. No, that's a good Disney point. Earth what is the theme? Earth. We're just rolling plants. <laughs> that Earth is. I, I actually read the box to see what the theme was. There really is no theme. Martians that is the bad ro- thing about it. Martians I was like, rock. so what is? So what? Am, what is my motivation here? Why am I for some reason creating my own island? I thought maybe there would be like a. There's there really is nothing. It's just. I mean, you, talking about Terraform you, Mars. You're you're, you're Terraform no, Mars. I'm talk, no, I'm talking Earth about. Sucks. That's no, I'm why. talking about Earth. You're going there to make it habitable because you hate Earth. That's no, why you're doing it. That's right. I'm talking Ooh. about Earth. It has no. What if, it, has, it mentions nothing about why you're doing what you're doing. What there are Earth, lasers in terraforming Mars. Lasers. What if Earth is the follow-up game to terraforming Mars? It's all terraformed, and now you're making your little Mars-like islands that go. we well, renamed. It wouldn't Earth. be. It wouldn't be uh, Earth. It'd be Mars. Mars. Yeah, It'd just be Mars. Look I think our producer is going to kill us if we don't move on here. Yes, let's do. Please. <laughs> Round two. Fight. <laughs> 
All right, well, it's time for the return of one of our favorite segments here on Around the Board. That would be Play Shelf Trade. If you don't know how it works, well, where you been, man? You've missed some good stuff as we uh, each time get uh, the opportunity to take three different games. Usually there's a theme to them of some sort, and uh, we're going to decide what we want to do with those games. We can either play the game right now because it's so hot. We can put it on the shelf to keep it for later because it's so good. We don't want to let it go ever. Or we can just trade it away and get rid of it because eh, it's meh. So uh, today we're uh, we're going with a little bit of a uh, Viking theme, it looks like. I have uh, selected. I know I wanted to wear a Viking hat. I was going to get a Viking beard. Well, I kind of got a Viking beard yeah. going. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, the three games are Blood Rage, Knit of Alir, and Feast for Odin. And so I guess I'll start us off. Boy, so tell us what one. you think of these three games, and please remember to hit like and subscribe. There. <laughs> Are you doing until the end of the segment to do that, John? <laughs> the end of the segment. You're taking away my time here. So real quick, right. by the way, above all of this, what I love most about what happened a few moments ago was not only did, did Andy hijack it and close it out, but once he had closed it out, then he added more. Like He didn't like, did. add more and then close it out. He closed it out Absolutely. and then still added more. Which is what I was, I was planning on doing. If I'm going to screw up the show, I'm going to screw it up big time, buddy. So, uh, yeah, my seconds are ticking away here, and I just want to talk about how my color is green. And, uh, <laughs> no, play shelf trade. This one's really tough because uh, I don't have a lot of bad things to say, so I can maybe get through it fast because I love uh, – I really like Blood Rage. I've only played it twice. I love the area control nature of Blood Rage. Uh, I like the uh, the way the, uh, the, the, uh, the eras come to a close and how there's Ragnarok and things blow up, and I think it's really cool the mini are awesome. Uh, I like me some Blood Rage. Nid of Valir, fantastic uh, bidding and uh, uh, it's not really drafting, is it? I guess it's just a bidding game and set collection. And it really is one of the better bidding set collection games. I can't say much bad about Nid of Valir. It's, it's a blast. And then Feast for Odin. Oh my gosh! I know you guys don't feel the way I do about this game, but I'm in love with this game. I've played it probably uh, 15 times now, and I love it. Every time I play it, I never walk away going, why did I waste two hours of my life doing that? I always go, wow, that was fantastic this was this was such a fun time it's got so many cool things about it and it is it is uh uve uve ua rosenberg's uh masterpiece is uh mia culpa it's it's so good it's 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 it what 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 is did i say that right did i say that wrong i don't know if i you know you pronounced it right you used it wrong oh okay <laughs> what does mia culpa mean it means it's like an apology no it doesn't does it yes, yes. Oh, Magnus well, Opus, maybe that's what that. I meant. Magnus got Opus a lot of apologies Magnus Opus, whatever. Yes. I, don't, I talk for a living, but I usually get a script, guys. I usually get a script. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, so I will uh, quickly tell you that I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to put Feast Road on the shelf. It's going to be the keeper. Um, it is just awesome. It is It is goodness all around. Um what game am I going to play right now? Honestly, that's a tough one, but I'm going to play Blood Rage because I haven't played it as much as Nidavellir and I like it. And it pains me tremendously, but I'm going to have to trade away Nidavellir. But fortunately, I have like three friends that own it, so I'll get to play it soon. <laughs> what about I'll you, Daniel? All right. Well, uh, for me, I'm just going to get this out of the way right now. Feast for Odin is definitely the trade. Um, I love me some Uwe games, but Caverna is where I live at. And um, that I'm okay with that. Uh, Feastful Odin just felt like it, uh, just a just like he 
vomited game mechanics onto a board. Um, you know, the last time we talked, the last earth, uh, the, we talked about earth and we said there were so many things you do and everything gives you points. This one, there's just so many things to do. And I don't know if I'm getting points or not. It's just, it's just crazy. I just got like 84 different choices, too many choices getting out of here. Uh, I think my play is going to be Blood Rage because I have owned that game for about five years now and I've played it three times, maybe four times, and three of those times have been in the past year. Um, so I finally got to bust that game through the door and it is great. I really enjoy it. It kind of ushered in the era of what I like to call uh, Euro Trash. Um, it's very combat centric, but also very deterministic where you get to play your cards and draft. Uh, and then the Valer, that could be on the shelf. Um, normally a shelf is a game that you kind of want to keep for a long period of time. I don't know if Nid of Valer is, but I do appreciate a lot of things it does. The um, Where you get to like level up your coins to use those coins later to bid on things is a really interesting mechanic. And I can also see this uh, fitting well into a lot of groups. So uh, Nid of Valer will stay on my shelf. There you go. So, John, how about you? Well, here we go. I hate to be so much like Daniel. Man, no, you I don't. don't. Everyone wants to be like uh, me. But so there's my Maya culpa. <laughs> <laughs> but my, uh, but I think I'm going the same as him because uh, Blood Rage. I haven't played Blood Rage or Feast for Odin. And what Blood Rage? I really want to play. Everything in it is something that I would like. The minis, the 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 area control, the the just the cool. Everything that you do just looks so cool. The getting the monsters and stuff. I mean, come on. This this looks too cool. But so that's got to be a play. I got to play that sometime. Daniel, let's break that out. On my shelf is going to be Nid of Valir. I played it with Thing of Valir. I've never played just base Nid of Valir, but I've heard it's just as good. But it, yeah, just like you were saying, it's the different groups you can play with. And it's going to play differently with different groups. And you can have a different strategy each time. Hey, I'm going to go for these this time. Or I'm going to you know lay off that. I'm going to try this. And it's, yeah, that's it's it's plays quick and it's fun and it plays with yeah plays with many different groups that's got to be some game that you're going to have for a long time the blood rage in comparison is not going to play with everybody obviously there's people going to look at that and say no i'm not taking any part of this game net of Lear, you can talk anybody to play it it's, it's it's a game you can just throw out there hey we got you know 30 minutes let's play this game uh feast for odin and i've seen a playthrough of it i want no part of this themeless big uh, happenstance game it's it's i'm sorry it's tokens for the sake of tokens and it's it's it, not none of it means anything it's just it's another one of those games where you're just doing things to do things is the way it seemed like to me and that's fine if you like it but it's i want i want to sink my teeth into something that's fun to do that i'm not working i work for 12 hours a day okay <laughs> i don't need a game that looks and feels like work to me so that's yeah that's not my magnus opus or my magna cum laude it's my hit the door a <laughs> We're going to trade <laughs> Feast for Odin, and I might get a good game for it. So, especially if I trade it to Andy. Chris, what do you think, buddy? All right. So, <clears throat> so I'm going to go with. Uh, so, Blood Rage is going to be my shelf. Okay. And it's going to be actually, I think, what the intended, well, at least I guess it was the intended because I was the one who came up with the game. Intended was the game, like, you're not excited about playing right now, but you want to try again some other time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know it's gone a different direction there. And actually, I like the direction that we've kind of taken it. But regardless, that's that's what I'm going to go with Blood Rage because I played it and it was okay. It's it's a fine game. It's enjoyable, but it's 
it didn't feel very special. It didn't really do anything that really wowed me. So it's, it's a very safe game uh, in that. And so I, you know, if you're, if it sounds good to you on paper or you read the box and watch video and it sounds good to you, go ahead and get it. You'll, you will enjoy it, but it just didn't wow me. And I think the part, part of the reason it didn't wow me is because I played the predecessor to this game, which was chaos in the old world. And that game, like it really does something different that other games don't. Um, and it just, you know, not only do you have like the, uh, area control kind of kind of going on but like the interesting thing is you have combats in the different zones and like you know john and and daniel's troops may be in one zone but then there's also these two places that you can play cards and only two cards can be in every zone so while they might be battling i might play a card that'll affect their battle even though i have no troops there and so that just added a lot of kind of different play to it that that i always really enjoyed about it um and then nidavol air i'm gonna play that one because i've every single time i've played that game i've had a blast and it plays quick uh, it's simple to teach. Uh, it's it's very intuitive and it works very well. And then yes, feed for Odin. Absolutely, I'm gonna trade because theoretically I'm gonna get a lot for it. It is a vomit of mechanics, like Daniel talks about. Uh, I like. I yes, I really really despise Agricola. Sure, that is true. Um, but I one of my favorite games of all time is Glass Road, another UE game. So like, I don't understand how this guy is just so all over the map for me. Some games I absolutely despise. Sometimes I love by him. It's all over the place. Um, uh, what's the other one? The the shipping game. Uh, I can't think of what it's called. I actually bought uh, Lahav. Lahav. I love that one as well. But then again, I hate Urkula and I hate Feast for Oven. So this guy's just very hit or miss for me. But um, but yeah, I bet you love Patchwork, it's, it's don't an you? Easy trade for me. What? I bet you love Patchwork in New York Zoo, you pansy. Uh, no okay let's have a conversation now we're in the four boxes we can talk (laughs) let's talk about new york zoo i don't understand how people all the time are talking about art and how they care about how good it looks and all this different stuff yet new york zoo continues to get praise that game looks like it was left in the sun for seven years it's so bad I don't that, understand the game. The game's fine, but it looks so bad, and no one's like trashing it on the on the internet. And it makes me so angry. I'm like, what are you talking about? You that's can't a fair love point. art over here and not point out how bad the art in that game is. But anyway. that's a fair point. But I got to tell you guys, you three of you being against Feast for Odin is just wrong. It's just <laughs> wrong in so many levels. I feel like I feel like you guys are John, anti. Open up the box. I feel like you're anti-German. Is what, what you that's are. That's absolutely not true. Mister Samardas. No, 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 no. Well, John is anti-German. Go watch our Spiel de Jar episode to find out about that one. It's true. <laughs> two, Feast for Odin. Like, I wanted to say this. Like, it's literally the grid board, like the, the patchwork ripoff part of it, which it's a, not a ripoff because he made patchwork too. But you're a little, yeah. Uh, John is showing New York Zoo right now. Yes. So bleached out and washed out. Well, there's a lot of light in here. But listen, Feast for Odin, it has this board and you're literally putting like cloth on it and meat on it in a wagon wheel and you're like what do we what are you actually doing if you understood true viking culture you would know exactly what you're doing (laughs) yes you're eating wagon wheels you're eating wagon (laughs) wheels baby you're going whaling and i do gotta i gotta poke at chris here too you you said that blood rage wasn't as good as chaos on the old world and then you told us why and literally it sounded like because it had enough munchkin in that game that it made it more exciting uh, you're like, these people aren't even involved in the combat, but I can stab you in the back. Okay, you guys do, sure. do you negotiate and bribe each other as well? Because maybe Andy would be in on this. 
<laughs> no, absolutely not. Because you know I hate that those mechanics. I hate those so much. But no, no. I, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but like it's it's more tactical than it is with with Munchkin. The problem with Munchkin is no one does it until like someone's at nine going to ten, right? It's not like continuous. Like like in this game, it's actually part of the tactics. Opposed to let's just wait till the end, and then the third place player, person ends up winning because everyone runs out of cards. But all right. Well, hey. So uh, before no, you wrap things up, John, wrapping it up. What? Before you wrap it up, what do you listen? Got? I got a couple of things I got to pick out again. What, what, I think a couple of you said there was no theme to Feast for Odin. There is there definitely a theme. You're hunting, you're pillaging, you're building. There's all kinds of theme there. And anyway. Well, and the, anyway. Uh, wow. Uh, wow. You went there, did we? Okay. So. <laughs> um, anyway, Chris, um, the other thing I got to tell you, I got to give you trouble about this because you said you came up with Play Shelf Trade, which you did. But Play Shelf Trade, we all know, is based on a a, a game called uh, uh, Mary uh, Blank no, no, Kill. No, no, it's not. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Right? No. So, you, so Shelf is the equivalent of Mary. Yeah. So here's my thing. You just said, Shelf like for me Joseph? is, I don't want to play it now. I might as well keep it around. Is that well, how you feel about your wife? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't thrill or excite me, I mean, you know, but uh, gotta no, keep her no. around. Yeah. Gotta keep her around, though. <laughs> well, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but that, that for me, it never was a direct translation. But that that was a good put. I'll, I'll give you that. That was that was well well done. Sorry, it just it just occurred to me. I was like, if it, I always took it as yeah, the the shelf was like Mary. All right, with that, uh, <laughs> please th tell us what you think about these three games. What are they again? Munchkin, New York Zoo. And orange okay, chaos in the I old think, world. was castles the old. <laughs> that's what it was. Nita Valir, or any other games that you might think you want to compare. But and, uh, for Odin. and yes, and Maybe please, uh, lucky please leave comments. We love comments from you people. Please leave comments. But we'll be back in just a little bit. A little bit after this commercial break. The years twenty nine fourteen. All that's left is us, and those beasts. I say us, but you know what I mean. Some of us. The rest were all taken. Some say it's a religious thing. Me? I don't know. What I do know is this. Nearly 25% of Earth's population disappeared overnight. And if that's not creepy enough, soon after a plague of sorts descended on us. Raptors. Thousands of them started appearing everywhere. Now, they hunt us day and night. Some call it God's judgment. Others call it Rapture. Join your friends in this post-apocalyptic tabletop adventure for one to five players. Will you survive the night? Will you meet your maker? Will the raptors feast on your flesh? Roll the dice and find out. Raptor Rapture, coming soon to Kickstarter. And welcome back, guys. Ready for part two of Around the Board. And at this point, we have our scores as John and me are on top with six points. But Andy and Chris are following very close behind, right on our trail, our heels. Uh, who's going to win? Nobody knows. Only Randy does. because I'm pretty sure he determines it beforehand. Let's, let's go back to round two. Not round two. Let's get to the second half. Second half. Shall we play a game? Okay, let's play the game. Round three, fight! Sorry, I got right. up on that last one, guys. It's all right. We're up here. We're ready for a round second half. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the sports balls analogies. I get right. so confused. 
Oh man, I wish we'd have somehow magically had the had a audio for that guy with sports ball. We could have had if we could have that as a drop, that would have been magical. But we still oh. might. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess no. we could run into him again magically at Gen Con. I think we could recreate it. Yeah, well, sure, but it, yeah, it is we have a voice actor on staff. Yeah. That's fair. Sports ball. Rumor has it. Why are you talking about that? <laughs> so the question is, does that trigger you? And does the sports ball trigger you? That's a great question. Because <laughs> today we're going to talk about in-game triggers. And are you do do uh, games that end just when something happens, the game immediately? Does that make you go? <laughs> does that make you do that, or, or do you really enjoy those, or uh, or uh, do you like games? Uh, do you like do you like the fact that do what kind of Daniel does, where he tries to oh. end the game as fast as possible? So. Yeah. Oh, I almost forgot. I I came up with theme music for us, guys. Oh. talking about right that's exactly what we're talking about yes it is i will say weird al always triggers happiness in my life so that's right amen not a sponsor please be that would be amazing amazing. my life Um, can we get him to write our theme song oh my gosh oh my gosh i'd lose my mind anyway Mm -hmm. so triggers all right so we all know i'm the old man i've been playing these games for a very very long time and when i first started they were all when x happens the game ends immediately not everyone gets equal turns or now that this ended you know you get five more turns i mean i honestly my first playthrough of earth i assumed they were gonna be like well you know once once the game ends everyone gets 300 extra points um but uh that's exactly what happens so uh, but yeah so i don't know i kind of like both uh I, I do like i understand the idea behind a game that you know here the here's gonna be the end game trigger and everyone gets equal amount of turns there there's something to be said for that and and that and that's good especially in a game that's highly tactical and strategic and stuff that's that's cool but at the same time those games that end when x happens like that adds like ongoing tension for me because because you always have the question of, am, is it going to get back around to me? Am I going to get another turn, right? If I know for sure I'm going to get another turn, then, okay, well, I guess you have the discussion of, well, am I going to get two more turns, right? Like, sure, but, like, I guess you can go with that way. But, but yeah, like, I I really do appreciate the games that have an in-game trigger of the game ends immediately. We, we in our, in our, in our playgroup joke ryan always makes a joke he's like and chris will love this game because it's got old manness all over it it's when <laughs> x happens the game ends immediately and it, it does actually make me excited because it is fun uh but yeah no i'm i'm a big fan of um uh, actually without really talking about it until we talk about it here on the show uh i really really like the game of the end game trigger happening immediately the game ends no one gets equal turns because of that innate ongoing tension of uh, what's going to happen am i going to get another turn or what, what do i do so, what do you think, Andy? So it's interesting. Um, I can kind of get what you're saying and what you're throwing down about how games now seem to like want to have that mentality of you get a trophy, you get a trophy, you get a trophy. Everybody wins, right? And uh, I could see, you know, that I can see that as annoying. Um, I think what they're trying to achieve though is balance, right? So you want, you want ultimately, you want the gaming experience while you want some randomness and some fun involved. For me, I wanted at least 75% skill-based, so I don't want a ton of randomness, so I do want it to have that balance. Now, I'm I'm okay with in-game triggers that don't give equal turns as long as the player order to start with has some balancing there. So where, you know, there's a, you start with enough resources if you're the last person to go, or, or there's something to kind of even things out. Um, that being said, 
I don't mind games with in-game triggers. Um, uh, the, the, you know, so if, uh, I, if I go all the way back when I first got into the hobby, you know, uh, a big one was uh, um, uh, a Ticket to Ride. It's Ticket to Ride. You always knew that when someone played enough trains to have two or less, that uh, then that was going to trigger the in-game. Now, again, that at that time, you were rewarded for triggering the in-game, which a lot of these games are. You're rewarded for doing so. You get extra points or you get an extra turn be- by doing that. And I think that's part of the balance, and I'm, I'm fine with that. I just played a game recently that was interesting. Uh, it's a game called Paris, which um, was interesting, a lot of fun. It was a very cool-looking game on the board. But what was interesting about it is you can choose to really uh, make the game go super fast if you want, and that could be a valid strategy, and you could possibly win doing that. There's a very uh, uh, easy way to trigger that and, and, and make that happen. And I, I found that interesting because it, what it is is when you have those uh, trigger elements, you... Uh, there's a bit of a bluff going on, right? Will, will they really end it now? Their engine's just getting going. So you kind of kind of have to gauge your opponent's uh, uh, strategy and see what they're doing. And uh, it, it, there, I will say one thing that is interesting, though, that is a downside to uh, to uh, in-game triggers is if you are not winning and you know there's in-game triggers, you can be a kingmaker. And uh, I don't like that. Yeah. So I, I want to point out, uh, Andy, that... Uh, I think you said you don't like it when maybe they just end automatically. Cause in my experience playing with you, I love ending the game right away. Cause you're always like, well, wait, there's one more turn, right? There's one more turn. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he just becomes, he begs, he melts down. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a great it's true. experience. <laughs> I just need one more, man. Just one more. I'm like oh, the yeah. addict at the casino, man. Just, I just yeah. pull the, pull the slot machine trigger one more time. I'll win this time. <laughs> and that leads in well to what my end game triggers are and what I enjoy. And that is, I love to rush the ending of games. That is my strategy. That is my goal because I don't play games very well. So my only chance of winning is throwing everybody off their, their game. And they're like, wait, what's Daniel doing? Wait, is he about to end this game? But it's only been 30 minutes in a two hour game. How is he going to do this? And it's like, I'm doing it guys. I'm doing it. And, uh, it doesn't really work out very well with me, but I love doing it because I love that panic. And and Andy, it's funny, we, we will call him a troll because he likes to see people's reactions when he pokes their buttons. This is the way I get to poke Andy's buttons because I'm just like, if I rush the ending of that game, I just love to see him freak out. It, it's glorious. So, <laughs> but I will say, I do like that too, not only because of the that, that joy it gives me to kind of put people on edge, but when it's turn, like when it, this game ends in six rounds, it's fine. You know, it's coming. It's it's okay. You can prepare for it. But sometimes those games, it doesn't feel like you got to do what you wanted to do. See, if I took it away from you because I ended it, it felt like I did something to mess up your game. I did something to win. If it's like just six rounds and it's over and I didn't get my engine up in time and everyone else is kind of like, uh. so if it's a well-oiled game and the game like shines on its own, a turn-based game is, is completely fine. But it has to be really good because it has an open window where you're just feeling like, oh, that, that didn't give me the satisfaction I wanted because the game doesn't feel like it's over yet. But it is just like my time. <laughs> well, and that's one of the downsides, I will say, of some Euro games that are very puzzly, which mm-hmm. I do love Euro puzzly games. I really do. But sometimes they don't have enough player interaction. And this is one of the ways that there is player interaction, right? I mean, you can trigger the end game and you can make them, d- despite how they're doing with their engine and their puzzle, you can go, you know what? You're having a great puzzle over there, but we're going to speed this up. We're not going <laughs> to let you develop that engine. Yes. Right. I yeah, always yeah. love 
love getting at the very end where you're like gauging like I'm going to get 10 points this round and he's going to get eight points next round. I'm going to get 10 points and next round he's going to get 20. And then the next round I'm going to get 10 and he's going to get 30. Mm. I need to end this now. Like I love that thought process and it adds to a whole new level of strategy and just the end game. So yeah, actually John, like what I was going to say is like, and until kind of Daniel brought it up and we talked about this overall, like, with the games that only have like six turns, like, Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do it six times. And the game's going to be over there. There's no tension there. Like the only tension is the innate tension of, am I going to get all the things done that I need to get done? So I have the best score, but like with games that you don't know when the end's going to happen, there is, there's constant tension of, am I going to get, am I going to get it done? And is it going to happen before next turn? So, uh, so yeah, like, I don't know. And also just tension as a whole has become a big thing for me as I've, started playing more role-playing games again recently and being a DM. And I've realized that the key, my, my biggest job as a DM is to cut, create tension, but that's slightly off topic, but it has bled over into how I feel about board games as well. Making sure there's tension. Cause if there's not tension, then what are we doing? We're just kind of going through the motions. Just easing the tension, baby. Um, so no, I, I agree with you, Chris, that there needs to be tension, but you're the really good Euro games that are puzzly. There is still tension with sure. even the six rounds because there's so much you can do that you really have to be focused because you can't get off on a uh, wander off on a different path. That's fair. That is fair. Right. There's, there's a whole lot of things to choose and what am I going to choose in those six turns? And is it going to be the right? It, it's, it's fair. It's fair. All right. You guys got enough points. <laughs> filibustering anyway so when this topic came up actually i'm the one that brought up this topic because what got me was how these three games that we've been mentioning earlier in the show terraforming mars arc nova and uh earth, earth. all have different kind of end game triggers and so i think that's a big difference in how you would perceive each one of these games so but end game triggers that are terrible in my opinion are number one player elimination uh, the old risk, you know, you're you're done. Sit around and watch us play for an hour. That's never any good. Uh, to me, I'm sorry. The tracks that meet, like in Ark Nova, I I hate that, especially in a three-hour game like that. Because okay, here, I we're it's obvious I'm not going to win because this guy's about to meet the tracks another turn. I have all the stuff I want to do. Do I want to waste everyone's time so that I can finish in a distant second? or maybe battle for a second. I'm wasting everybody's time at that point. So it's just like, well, here, let me just do my turn because obviously this guy's going to win. So to me, that's, I, I'm sorry. That's just, that's just kind of lame. I mean, there's going to be somebody that's trailing back there and it's like, why are they even playing now? It's, it's basically player elimination. Uh, then the ones that are a little bit better are number of rounds. I really don't mind that in, in a lot of games because like you're saying, some, sometimes like in Wingspan or like in uh, It's a Wonderful World, that put that puts pressure on you right there. Is it's like especially like those that are engine pillars. I got to get my engine up. I got to get it going, and I got to profit off of it. Boom! Within those rounds, and so that can that has the tension in it right there that's already built in. But I do think I like the timing triggers the best. I like where it's hey, here's the two ways this game can end. When this deck runs out, or if somebody does X, Y, or Z, then what my favorite way isn't it ends immediately. It's everybody gets another turn, and the person that that cause the end game trigger gets yet another turn. Like they get an extra turn. So, cause that is another way where you're like, well, yeah, I'm in second place, but if I cause the game end, he only gets one more turn. I get another turn. Then, you know, that's, that's another, that's a way you can catch up number one. And it's another strategy that he's got to be thinking about. There's going to do it just adds more mind games to it. It's kind of what I did tried to do with Daniel. We just played earth again last night. He wanted to get one more play of it in. And I 
could tell from what he was doing over there on his board. He's he's probably going to whip me. So I'm like, hey, I'm I'm planting, man. I am planting plants left and right because I knew there was goals I could not make at all. And so I was like, the quicker I end this game, the closer it's going to be. And so it wasn't an embarrassing score. He beat me, but it wasn't terrible. But- I don't know. I don't know if you intended to do this, John, but I'm going to rip you for it anyway. Oh, here um, we go. Let's bring it. Bring because it, Because you love Earth so much more than terraforming Mars. Earth, what is it that ends the game? It's, what, p- playing your 20th card? Is it four <laughs> rows of five or five <laughs> rows of four? Is that what it is? Yeah. Four yeah. by four. 16th. Your 16th. 16th. Your 16th card. card. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's so thematic. On terraform- <laughs> In terraforming Mars, you know what you do to end the game? You terraform Mars! <laughs> it's so thematic and awesome. Yeah, you're building your island. When you're done building your island, it's done. What's what's the difference? I also have to give uh, John some trouble too. I typed out when you when you talked about the paths crossing. Never mm. give up. Never surrender, mm. John. That sounds like a you issue. If you think you're so far behind, oh, I'm just playing for second now. You know what? Put on your big boy pants and play harder because the game's not over till it's over, buddy. Well, yeah. not even that. Made, not even well, that. here, if it's I can like... respond to that real quick, it doesn't bother me as much in a lot of games, but in Ark Nova, when you're investing that much time and you don't want other people to be sitting there, okay, will you hurry up and take your turn so we can end this game? Because I'm in fourth place. You're in second at least, but I'm in fourth and I really have no chance to win. You know, so, so I'm you I'm sound a... bitter, John. You sound bitter. Well, right. But here, here's the real thing you were talking about. Oh, you know, like, I mean, even more in fourth place, but even second place, like I'm so far in a distant second, like, you know, what's the point of I'm just gonna waste everyone's time, you know, taking this turn if I'm not going to win anyway. Sounds to me like you wasted everyone's time the whole game. Oh, you're so far yeah. So uh, you shouldn't you have even sat down at the table. <laughs> here, you know, this could be a whole other topic we should do in the future is uh, uh, talking about what is the best game where uh, if you're basically out of it, where you get to still participate and have fun and play in it? Because I have a great game that that I played. I know Uh, that game. And that game is the Godfather because I remember when we played, we we played against, there was, there's, there's a friend of ours. That's a a bit of of that Hopefully I can, hopefully I can mention named red Brian. And (laughs) I think he's a fan of the show. And he did something to me early on. I think he robbed all the money out of my suitcase or something early on. I was like, I am toast now. I am, I am going after Red Brian. Every, I'm doing every hit. I'm doing every car bomb. I'm doing every, and it's fun. That it's still fun. It's not king making. It's, <laughs> that, okay. I might not win, but you sure ain't going to win. <laughs> uh, I, okay. That's fair. That's fair. Well, I was going to say the game I played most recently that does the best job that I think, and I know we're getting up in the weeds here, guys. Sorry. Yeah. Is uh, 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 Blood Around the Clock Tower. Um, which is kind of a hot uh, uh, social deduction game right now. Yeah. And uh, it's got a really cool mechanic, unlike Werewolves or Secret Hitler. If you're killed, you get to stick around and do a lot of stuff. Still, oh, so. okay. Didn't know that. Okay. Well, one mm-hmm. quick thing I will say before we head out, like I, I didn't think about it until we were also talking, but like I like the games that have all, multiple triggers. Like the game ends when this happens or this or this yeah. or this, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. That, 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 those still add some, like, it's mm-hmm. not like a random card coming up. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you can kind of see them coming and you're having to play them and worry about that. So so those I like a lot. Like They're kind of a blend of the two, right? Usually those games also give everyone one more turn, but there is still tension because, oh, well, what's going to do it? Am I, you know, so like, those are good. I, I agree with you, Chris. And I think uh, Seven Wonders Duels does that the best. And I think that's one of the reasons that game is so hot and exciting because sure. it's like three different ways to end the game. And you're always like, oh, no, they're going for right. science. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta end it with, uh, with military. And then, right. you know, you're, it's a tug of war. Really yeah. fun. So I, 
I'm not sure there's one best way out of all these things. I think the key, though, is they it has to be balanced. It has right, to yeah. balance. If it doesn't balance, then it's a real issue. Right, yeah. Like those stupid tracks. All right, well, uh, what do you guys think? What gets you triggered? <laughs> or whatever. I, I, I wish I could do that, that good lady's face better. She's so funny. Pretty good. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, but yeah, what, what triggers you? Uh, do, do we trigger you? I bet we do. Uh, let us know in the comments and uh, subscribe so we can trigger you next time. All right, guys. Fight! I always forget about that round four <laughs> soundtrack. Uh, so, yeah. So, learning new games is pretty tough in our hobby. Um, you, you can find out that a game that you've taught you mastered and has played wrong for years. Like, I, I mm. learned this game. I love this game. And, oh, my gosh, I've been missing this rule for the longest time. Or maybe someone taught you the game wrong and you never knew it. Regardless of the reason, we have to ask, if you play the game wrong, have you actually played the game? So this topic came up because of our last episode where we did a uh, great game debate for Heaven and Ale. And I got one minor rule wrong. Minor? Uh, while, while teaching Chris and John. Minor. <laughs> just a little bit. Minor? I mean, it did allow me to get max points, um, but it was still minor. It was but, major. <laughs> but the question is, did John and Chris actually play the game since it was yeah, pretty, pretty off? But my, uh, what I'm going to say is that playing the game wrong is part of the hobby. It is part of the experience. It's something that we all have done. And I think even if you play a game wrong with a little bit, with a rule wrong here or there, you still enjoy the experience that's happening. And that's just as valid as if you do not, um, as if you played it completely right. Now, in the scenarios where the game is egregiously in error and it takes and sucks the fun away from it. Um, hold on real quick. Owen, you got to stay off the table, buddy. Back off. Okay. Sorry, I'll, I'll edit that part off. Okay. And the example where they are. Yeah, no. All right. <laughs> So now in the in the situation where the rules are so egregiously wrong, you as a gamer have this like feeling in your heart. It's almost like there's like a spirit telling you like the gaming spirits are saying, no, this is not correct. Stop now. And collectively, you all stop and go, this this, this isn't right, is it? Because you just you just know. Um, but because which we all did except Daniel in this famous game. <laughs> well, because I was like, there's no way it works this it. way. And he's like, no, it does. We're like, okay. Yeah. My point of bringing that up though is the fact that like you usually get to that point where you know, and if you're not so egregiously wrong, then I think when you've played the game, even if the rule is slightly wrong, you, you still played the game. It still feels uh, fulfilling. It's still, and you can also, if you didn't like the game, you can also go, okay, I played that rule wrong, but I kind of see what they were trying to get at. And I still don't think I'm going to enjoy it. So, yes, I think it's completely valid and fair to say that you've experienced the game, even if someone taught you one minor rule wrong in heaven. Minor rule wrong. (laughs) Minor. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. John, what do you think? Well, here's what I think. Is this was a, a topic that had been on our list of topics to possibly do for quite a while. But until recently, when actually there was two games that we had talked about playing wrong that uh, I said, hey, this, this is something that we got we to gotta bring out. And the two games are, number one was Heaven and Ale with the Monks, where 
I, but here's the thing. I was playing the monks the way it was explained to me, which was correct. And I was going after just the one color, like the, the, uh, the off beige monks, not the beige monks, not the off white and not the taupe, but the off beige <laughs> monks is what I was collecting. So I could get massive, you know, oomph when I activate the off beige, whereas Daniel was just getting all the monks and doing all this stuff with him. And, and no, it, it might count as it counts as me playing the game. It counts as Chris playing the game it counts as Phil playing the game. I don't think that counts as Daniel playing the game. As a matter of fact, it does not count as Daniel winning the game because I'm going to go on and edit that right now. <laughs> and Chris, did you know you finished in second place when Woo! we played? Winner! That is now first place, buddy. Yeah. There you go. Daniel did not win that game. You're not going to win the game playing wrong. You might say you played it. You're not going to win the game playing wrong. <laughs> but that brings up another example, a couple other examples of playing it. The other one we had talked about was New Kingdom Gardeners, where Daniel and I had <laughs> sat down playing it and and I did a bad job of, of reading the rules and, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, beta version game or whatever, you know, so maybe, maybe there'll be some more clarification as it gets made. But after we'd played, I think we played it one time or halfway through the second, like, this just doesn't seem right. It's, you know, and so no, that did not count. That first play we had of it did not count. It was completely wrong. That doesn't count for anybody. Nobody won. Nobody did anything. Then we, we got our gears under us and, and it worked out there after that. We're like, okay, now I see how this game's supposed to work. Uh, but that feeds into the whole egregious. Ah, it's still my turn. And no. so actually your time's up. So, well, I had one more example because yeah. when I was a kid, we had this game that we found at a yard sale. Maybe some of you remember it called lie, cheat and steal. It's like in one of the old Parker brothers games the came Eddie with Guerrero no rules, game? came with no rules. It's called lie, cheat and steal. So what do you think we did as kids? We lied, we cheated and we stole. And <laughs> no, that does not count as playing that game. I'm sorry. That, that doesn't count either. But yeah. if you've done st- but that heaven and ale counts for the rest of us, by golly. But yeah, as, as Daniel was alluding to, for the most part, if you're all playing it the same way, it counts as playing as playing the game. Yeah, New Kingdoms, I, I didn't want to mention that. That's that's the example of a, we were so egregiously wrong. Yes. We had to stop and go, this isn't right. <laughs> like, we did right. something wrong because yes. it's like, this is not a game that works very well. Mm-hmm. And then we read, we read the rules and we're like, oh, that makes worlds of difference and like we immediately played it and the game was like a 180 went Mm. from like oh this is gonna be embarrassing to talk about to okay this is good this is fun (laughs) and you know i run into this a lot because sometimes when you just are trying to explain a simple rule to an experienced gamer they get locked into a mode of oh this is how i do these games like no 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 no. this happens and it's a wonderful world all the time you know give me all my resources No, no 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 that's not how it works just like in that game, you were thinking set collection and stuff. No, that's not how it works. And so, it, yeah. It doesn't help when I'm across the table going, oh, so it works like this in Ticket to Ride. Oh, yes. so it's like Settlers of Catan. Oh, yes. so it's, you know, et cetera. <laughs> no, it doesn't help either. Uh, does that take us all the way around or no? The, no, chance, no, right? not even close. <laughs> that's just halfway. We got to go 180 more. <laughs> John, John's just so eager to walk away with the win here. He's like, yeah, I'm I in just, the lead. Let's just. I'm just uh, ready let's, to end segments, baby. I'm let's right, just end. Up. What do you well, got? Yes, all right, we're over, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, so uh, the, man, it, it, it is a really interesting thing because, um, yeah, it, it's hard to, hard to really make make a decision on how I feel about the, about the situation because uh, I think at the end of the day, all that really matters is can I log it, right? That's all that matters. That's what Daniel's taught me over the years is can I log the play because that's all that matters. Uh, how many games did I play tonight? That's what matters. Did I have fun? Doesn't matter. I just need to play a lot of games so I can log them. Uh, but uh, no, the real the question is like, did you have a good time? 
Like that, that's what comes down to me of, was it a real play or not? Like if, if, if it, you, you butchered it so much, like we kind of alluded to here, right? If you butchered it so much, you know, something's wrong, then, then you definitely need to play it again. And also if you did play it and you, you enjoyed it to an extent, or as long as you didn't just absolutely hate it, if you hated it, hated it, hated it, and the rules were not horribly, horribly wrong, then you probably can move on. But, but it, but if you, you know, it was like, it was all right. And then you got the rule wrong. I would suggest go ahead and give it another play. Play it the right way because because those small changes sometimes you don't see how the ripple effect, the butterfly effect, right, of those little rules. Because sometimes, man, those little tiny rules like make huge differences in how the game ends up, right? So, um, so and 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 sometimes that makes a difference. Sometimes it doesn't. Famously, again, we always talk about the Evans on this show because we play all our games with them. But like ryan like his favorite game without question is brass like he just thinks it's the bee's knees but they played it at least eight times they had they played like eight different versions of it they played version one and they're like oh we got this rule wrong and then they played it again oh we got this wrong like it took them like eight or nine versions so to speak before they figured out how to play it right but he still loved it all the way through it never changed his opinion but uh but it could so um but yeah like at the end of the day if you had a good time even though it's like the most like campiest like answer ever you know um but uh, you know as long as you had a good time sure but again if you did get something wrong give it on oh my oh dear i must have unplugged something i'm sorry we're having technical difficulties we'll be with you in just one moment ah here we go i plugged it back in i tripped over the cord my bad so i guess uh, before we move on, Chris, uh, you were destined not to really be able to talk about the subject because I <laughs> muted you and then we had to refilm it and then we lost power and apparently you filmed it. So I'm just going to go on faith that that took. So uh, thank you for your wise words of wisdom, Chris. But now let's hear from Mandy, <laughs> which will probably be the opposite of wise words of wisdom. Um, so first of all, guys, this whole obsession with logging the plays is unique to very few people, very geeky board game people like us. Um, and it may be a sign of a deeper issue. I'm thinking it might have to do with something where we need validation because we were bullied as kids or we didn't succeed in sports or, or whatever it is. That being said, I log every game and it makes me feel very good to do so. Um, but back to the original question. I'm not sure it matters that much because it's an experience regardless. Uh, it is about the experience. You're playing with the components of the game. Yes, if you play it wrong, you may not have as good of experience, but it's still worth logging. Now, if you're talking about making judgments about it or reviewing it, absolutely you need to go back and play it the right way. You owe it to yourself to do so because these games are play tested. They are balanced. They are made to work, and and most of them do work. It's uh, when it's when it's something that's really screwy. It's usually uh, it's user error, and I. I'm not going to say that I'm uh, ever not in that situation. I've been in that situation plenty of times. Um, I will say, though, that one of the problems and why there are so many user errors goes to a, a, a thing that uh, Chris talks about often, and it is the cult of the new. And it's a real issue. Uh, so I'm going to go all old man Chris on you guys here and agree with him. It's, it's unfortunate because we have a lot of really good games that just don't get back to the table. We play them wrong. We go, eh, and we move on. And, and it's really sad because people really pour their hearts into some of these games, I think. And, uh, you know, they deserve to be played and, and to be played right. And, uh, you know, it's just a shame that that happens so much. But such is the case when you have thousands of new board games every year. I will say that there are a few games that I've played that I really enjoyed uh, playing wrong. Uh, the one, top one for me was probably Great Western Trail. We played that wrong for <laughs> probably close to a year. We, 
and you're gonna think it's ridiculous, but we uh, we what we did is it's you know it's a deck builder, right? So you, once you deliver your cattle in Great Western Trail, you're supposed to uh, discard your cards and draw up new cards. Well, we didn't we didn't draw up new cards. Uh-huh. We just whatever cards you didn't discard, you kept those and you kept going and you added new cards as you added new cards. It was anyway, it was really messed up, but surprisingly, it was still wow. a really fun game and had a lot of tension. It just we were just playing it, going, how do you ever get? your train down to the end like <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> game this is really thinky <laughs> wow that's like, crazy well, i really heard that story i can't even imagine that's crazy yeah, yeah. made well, for I a different experience in great western trail don't you refill your hand after every turn that's what it is that's what yeah. it is i'm sorry you're right yeah, we, we didn't refill it, it we after every turn yeah uh, so, okay. so you still delivered some cows you still had some at the end but it was like a slog to really we, yeah we refilled our we refilled our hands at once you delivered the cows, but we didn't do it every turn, which is what you're supposed to do. Yeah, it's just hard mode, which is cool. You know, play a game on hard mode. There That's what I like to think about it. Whenever you make a rule wrong and the game wasn't horrible, it's just hard mode. And then when you master that game, you can go back to hard mode and you can show off to your friends. You'd be like, listen, I know this game so well. I invented a new game, a hard mode. So that's how you, you know, get around it. So. But in uh, in our play of Heaven and Ale, it was only hard mode for the rest of us. That's right. So easy mode. <laughs> Super for me. easy mode for Daniel. Yes. That's right. Uh, well, let us know what you guys think. Have you ever played a game so egregiously wrong? And what was the outcome? And what do you think? If you, if, how, What's the level of uh, inaccuracy in a game that would make you feel comfortable saying, you know what? I played that game, even though you got a few rules wrong. Just let us know in the comments below. And I think that's going to be it for this one. So let's go ahead and look at our scores. And we have a three-way tie. Daniel, Chris, and John are in last place. Uh. Thankfully, our producer, Randy, has finally learned how to break ties <laughs> and just gave a point to Andy. So Andy, yes, that's get on your soap throne. And tell everyone about peanut butter, Wonderland's War, whatever it is. Now, this time, guys, first of all, my soap throne is sponsored by Dove. Hashtag not a sponsor. Um, <clears throat> no, I actually have something. I actually prepared ahead of time. I know it's unbelievable, but uh, I wanted to talk about a real problem as a board game addict that I, uh, I recently discovered. And that was I found a specific store. I'm not going to name the store because I don't want to pretend they're a sponsor. They're not a sponsor. They're welcome to become a sponsor, but they're not as of now. But they are, uh, let's just say they're within a three to four hour radius of where we live in the Kansas City area. And they have a huge ding and dent section at their their retail store. And my goodness, that is a dangerous place to be. I picked up some games there and it was so awesome, um, but very dangerous. My my wife is not happy with me. I had to go back to, to make up for it. I had to go buy her a new minivan because she's like, you're spending more on board games than you are on my vehicle. So I got that taken care of. But uh, I picked up a couple of cool games. I just wanted to talk about them right now. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, what your guys' thoughts are too. Getting a ding and dent game, um, you know, I'm not as anal as Daniel is and some others with, with uh, uh, how my boxes look. As long as the components are all there, um, I'm pretty much good. Uh, I picked up a really cool game called Sabika. Uh, it's a heavy Euro. Played it for the first time over the weekend and loved it. Just fantastic. I can't wait for you guys to try and play it. Oh, it is not boring. It was a great game. I will say it's funny, though, by picking up this game, the outside of it, the way they labeled it, it says... They had a, a post-it attached to it, and it said, 
appears complete. <laughs> and so, that inspires you with confidence. Appears complete. I was like, wow, it was 50% off. Normally a $60 game, I got it for 30 bucks. Yeah. But I was like, eh, I don't know. I took the chance though, and it was a great game. But I got a couple other great games that I'm excited to try, have not tried yet. Uh, Gaia Project, got it really cheap. And I got a copy of uh, uh, Starship Captains cheap as well. So, Oh, nice. Nice. I'll play that with you. Dent. Did you ask them like, hey, in, in, in a weird theoretical situation that's totally not possible and never actually happened. Um, what what if what would it what would be the discount on a game that doesn't have its box? <laughs> I did not ask them that, but I should have because as we all know, back in episode number whatever three or four, <laughs> I own a, a, at least a couple of games without boxes because I'm an idiot. No, I- <laughs> I do. I think this also solves another problem. I think at the last episode we talked about math trades and about how you traded a uh, a uh, like new copy of. Uh, oh boy. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> maybe you should just now start putting appears like new. Appears, appears new. complete. Appears like new. <laughs> was once like new. <laughs> once once was new. <laughs> All right. Well, guys. Hey, thank you for showing up. But we're gonna end this up with some birthdays. Andy, do you got any some birthday music for us? Wow, I sure do. I think yeah. we should play some. All right. All right. I want to start off with saying Oasis for turning 19 years old. One of my favorite games of all time. Uh, Alan Moon, you have to play it. If you ever see me have to play Oasis, I'll play it with you. John, what do you got? I've got Shadows Over Camelot from 2005. It's 18 years old. I know nothing about Shadows Over Camelot, but the musical Camelot is amazing, and it's way over 18 years old. And if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Check it out. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. Chris, what do you got? All right, well, I have a game that came out a year before Shadows Over Camelot called Heroescape's classic miniatures game that, you know, those of us that have billions of dollars that couldn't play Fantasy or 40K, we could get it at our local Toys R Us or Walmart and play it. And they tried to do a Kickstarter a year ago, and it failed. But really? guess what? They're back, baby. <laughs> uh, I think it's Restoration Games that's now taken over. They bought oh, the okay. license or whatever. Well, yeah, like it, it was within the last week that it's been a I thing. I didn't realize so, that. Uh, yeah, like 2.0 Rebirth on its way. Theoretically, okay. it might happen this time. I don't know. We'll see. They even that talked about how like they plan to have like different tiers of like uh, of like uh, release, like you know the cheap miniatures and then some nicer, nicer higher end. I don't know. It seemed interesting. Hopefully, it happens. One of the greatest games of all time. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, unlike you guys who all have uh, legal voters in your uh, your birthdays, eighteen and nineteen years old, I only have an eight year old, and that would be uh, Stockpile, which is a fantastic game. It's one of my favorite stock market games. In fact, it's 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 a go to gateway game that I recommend to people. Best game on this list came out in two thousand fifteen. It's just Whatever. a top game. Hey, it's just a top Oasis game. is great, John. You oh. wipe that name out of your mouth. You don't get to say it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you. Uh, Andy, why don't you take us out? All right, I will do so. Thank you guys for joining us. And we are excited to uh, bring you more content very quickly, very soon. It is con season. I've got my old Gen Con badge here. If you missed it at the beginning of the show, we'll be at Gen Con. We're going to have a preview show coming up and lots more. Thank you to all our wonderful viewers out there. Remember to tap those like and subscribe buttons and be sure to join us on our Facebook group, Around the Board, or send us an email, mail at aroundtheboard.net, or uh, check us out on Twitter and TikTok and all the other social medias. Next time, we will see you around the board. For real, if you see us at uh, at Gen Con, stop us, say hello, and we'll get you some sort of extra entry in a 
thing that apparently Andy's throwing out of his own yes. money. <laughs> Check out the unboxing video. This game is beautiful. Yes, There's the scores. That's I'll trade you a sheep for a wheat. <laughs> What's that last one? Did you get yet? Uh, that is the Knight of Catan. I'm a Knight of Catan. Oh, 